Today at Locked On Dolphins, a look at recent Super Bowl history and what the trends of those roster constructions say about the way the Dolphins have positioned themselves ahead of the 2023 season. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked on Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked on Network. Today is Thursday, July 6th, 2023. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked on Dolphins, co-host of the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast with Joe Marino. And I want to thank you guys for making Locked on Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Want to give a special shout out to our everydayers who do keep it locked in with us here on a daily basis on Locked on Dolphins. Today on the show, looking at the last five Super Bowls, the last 10 conference champions, and applying through the benefit of hindsight, but also identifying based on what we knew at the time about the players and the teams that were involved in each of those 10 conference championship teams across the AFC and the NFC, what roster construction trend you can find in the way of impact players and what it says about the Dolphins. So that, if you're new to the show, might not make a lot of sense. So let me put it to you like this. One of the things that we do over on Locked On NFL Scouting is we conduct roster assessments for all 32 franchises. And the objective is to be able to identify the cornerstone players, the quality starters, the adequate starters, so on and so forth, all the way down to practice squad caliber players for all 32 franchises. And you stack them up and you see who has the most blue chip players and who has the most impact starters and gives you a pretty good idea of who the best teams in the league are going to be that upcoming season. We did that exercise for the 2022 season and not accounting for home field advantage or injuries or coaching, just the grading of the roster was good for a 60% predictive accuracy in head-to-head matchups throughout the course of the entire season. So, went back, looked at the rosters for the last five Super Bowls, and I asked myself one question. How many cornerstones did these teams have based on the information that we had at the time? So, yeah, you had Patrick Mahomes playing in a couple of Super Bowls and the first one, do you give him credit for being a cornerstone player? I would based on the record production that or the the statistical production that he put on display that season. But you go through these five Super Bowls, five matchups, and first of all, there are some trends in the game that I think you should be mindful of if you're the Miami Dolphins. And then there's some cornerstone trends across the, the results of these five Super Bowls that when you hold it up against the Dolphins, it paints quite the picture. So let's start with the last five games. If you'll remember, last season, Kansas City Chiefs defeated the Philadelphia Eagles by a final score of 38-35 to in the most recent Super Bowl. The year before that, the Los Angeles Rams, in a last-minute thrilling game, won 23-20 over the Cincinnati Bengals. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the year before that, with Tom Brady, romped over the Kansas City Chiefs by a final score of 31-9. to The Chiefs the previous season won their first Super Bowl with Patrick Mahomes and company, 31-20 to 
over the San Francisco 49ers, and then the fifth most recent Super Bowl. And here's hoping that we can push this name out to the brink and not have to talk about them in Super Bowls again for quite some time. The New England Patriots defeated the Los Angeles Rams by a final score of 13 to 3. So, first and foremost, looking at the last 10 teams to play in the Super Bowl, respectively, five Super Bowls combined both teams. If you scored more than 20 points, you only lost one time, and that was this year's Eagles team scoring 35 points. So you think about the Dolphins and their offensive firepower and the way that they have built their team and the scoring capacity of the team, and you say, okay, you're going to go into any given game and feel like you have a chance to score 24 points against any team in the league. And if you do that, Based on the last five years, you're going to give yourself a really, really good chance to win the football game because there's only been one time that a team has scored more than 20 points in the Super Bowl in the last five years and not won the football game. Case in point, defensively, uh, you have a pretty clear threshold as well. And we talked yesterday on Power to the Pod about Vic Fangio and his defense, and the trends of his defense in year one. And if you hold the opposing team to 20 points, you're going to win the Super Bowl, right? I mean, of course, you have the 13-3 to barn burner between the Patriots and the Rams. That was all defense, with the exception of uh, a couple big plays in that game. But 29, 23, Keep them out of the end zone three times. And based off recent history, you're going to have a good chance to win the football game. And there's no reason to think, based off the talent that the Dolphins have and the arrival of Vic Fangio, that that couldn't be a realistic expectation for the Dolphins in any game that they played this upcoming season. Be that Buffalo, be that Kansas City, be that anybody else. The Philadelphia Eagles, the Dallas Cowboys, you name it. You feel like you can hold teams out of the end zone three times. You do that, and you go all the way to the Super Bowl, and you play in that game, you're statistically speaking going to give yourself a chance to win that football game. But the purpose of this exercise was not to just rudimentarily, rudimentarily look at the final scores and make some general statements. It was to kind of get into these roster constructions and identify the trends. And that's what we're going to do here next on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. But before we do, right now is the perfect time for you to take the bat off your shoulder and take some hacks at betting with our friends over at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You get up to 10 times back on your first bet, up to $200 if you are a new customer over at FanDuel, so if you bet 20 bucks, you'll get $200 back, win or lose in bonus bets. It's $200 you could spend on everything from who's going to win the game to the over-under to who's going to hit the first home run, all on an app that is safe, secure, super easy to use. And best of all with FanDuel, when you win, you get paid out instantly. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. So, 
went through the rosters and did my best not to apply hindsight. So a good example of this was the first time the Rams played back when they played the Patriots in, in the 2018 season. Cooper Cup was on the roster, but he was a second-year player, and he hadn't put up the, t- the statistical production that had made him Cooper Cup. So he doesn't qualify as a roster cornerstone. But here are the cornerstones. Last year's team that won the Kansas City Chiefs, in my eye, had six roster cornerstone players. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Thune, Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Travis Kelsey, five on offense, and then Chris Jones on defense. Six total. The Philadelphia Eagles, of course, who they played, had A.J. Brown, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Dallas Goder, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, and Darius Slay. I would be willing to put Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts in that bucket this upcoming season, but based on what we knew at the time, I don't know that you could make a firm argument for them to be cornerstone players. Regardless, the Eagles, even if you don't count Devontae Smith and Jalen Hurts, had seven, and it's seven undisputable players. A.J. Brown, Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Dallas Goder, Javon Hargrave, Hassan Reddick, Darius Slay. The difference is that the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes. Oh, the Eagles will tell you it was the field in which they played on and the slipperiness of, of the turf. Okay, that's fine. When the Rams beat the Bengals, both of these teams, to my count, had six cornerstone players. Matthew Stafford, Cooper Cup, Andrew Whitworth, Aaron Donald, Von Miller, who they acquired at the trade deadline, and Jalen Ramsey, the cornerstone players for the Los Angeles Rams. The Cincinnati Bengals, Jamar Chase, in the same way that I would have put Jalen Waddell in the cornerstone bucket after his rookie season, I'll put Jamar Chase in that bucket. T. Higgins, DJ Reader, Jesse Bates, Mike Hilton, and Joe Burrow. I, I think there's a, a nice balance for Cincinnati's roster where they had three and three. Um, Los Angeles also had three and three. This was the closest contested game of the four, so it makes of the five. So it makes sense that both teams were balanced on where they had their cornerstone players, and they both had impact players at the skill rooms. Tampa Bay was the most loaded from a cornerstone perspective out of all of the teams that played in the last five years. Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Ryan Jensen, Tristan Wirfs, Ali Marpet. So three on the offensive line alone, six on offense. Excuse me, seven on offense. Rob Gronkowski, how could I forget? Levante David at linebacker, Vita Vey at defensive tackle. I thought about Devin White. He's really regressed since his first few seasons, and he was a young player then. So I'd be inclined to not include Devin White. They have nine. That is a monstrous total. No other team in this entire five-year study has more than seven. Nine. They belted the Chiefs, who had a skeleton crew of an offensive line. Todd Bowles' defense ran straight through them. Kansas City couldn't get much going offensively. Kansas City did have Mahomes. Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Tyron Matthew, and Mitchell Schwartz uh, for a grand total of six cornerstone players on that roster that won the AFC that season. The previous season for Kansas City, they won. They beat San Francisco. Uh, No surprise here. It's all the same familiar names. Uh, But I would 
would give Frank Clark a nod as well. That previous season, he has steadily tailed the last few years. Uh, but when he first got to Kansas City, I thought he was at his most impactful. Um, so I would say the Chiefs had seven that season. They beat San Francisco and San Francisco themselves. George Kittle, Fred Warner, DeForest Buckner, Jimmy Ward, and Joe Staley. Thought about Eric Armstead, didn't put him in. They have five. Nick Bosa at this point, just a young player uh, as well. So obviously his impact uh, would go on to be felt and San Francisco would see him develop and Eric Armstead develop and Trent Williams develop and trade for Christian McCaffrey. And Debo Samuel was a rookie on that team, uh, but not ready to be a cornerstone player yet in that chapter of his career. San Francisco's the low watermark. They had five cornerstone players. Everybody else had six. Tampa peaked at nine. And then you go back to the Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl. You had Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Joe Thune, David Andrews on offense for the Patriots, Donta Hightower, Devin McCourty, and Stephon Gilmore on defense for a grand total of seven. And then the Rams had Andrew Whitworth, Roger Saffold, uh, John Sullivan, three on the offensive line, plus Todd Gurley at running back, and then Aaron Donald and Marcus Peters on the defensive side of the football. So they had six. So you had one with nine, three with seven, six with six, one, two, three, four, five, six, and then one with five. It's uh, it's a pretty consistent trend there. If you just took the average across those ten teams, the average. Uh, is 6.5. So you round up, you say your magic number is seven. You have to have seven cornerstone players to have a feasible chance based on what the floor is for the teams that have been getting it. How do the Dolphins stack against that? Those of you who are everydayers probably have some level of an idea, but uh, that's what we're going to finish with here on this episode of Lockdown Dolphins, so stick with us. Here's the good news uh, for Miami. If you have to, ha if, if we're going to say you have to have seven cornerstone players to have a feasible chance to to play in the Super Bowl, and the winners were six, six, nine, seven, seven, right, seven to win the Super Bowl. You got seven. I think you comfortably have seven. The question is, can player development take anyone else there? Here's what I would say for the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, no question, cornerstone players. Teron Armstead, no question, cornerstone player at offensive tackle. His career resume speaks for itself. Christian Wilkins, cornerstone player. Jalen Phillips, cornerstone player. Jalen Ramsey, new addition, cornerstone player. Javon Holland, no question, especially with this defense, I think it's going to unlock some new chapters of Javon Holland in his play. Many of you would make the case for Bradley Chubb, and nobody would tell you and advocate more for the impact that Bradley Chubb had this past season than I would based on I did a, a whole study on the Dolphins' pass rush and watched their frequency of pressures go up almost 20% after the trade deadline in games in which Bradley Chubb played versus games in which Bradley Chubb was not a member of the Miami Dolphins or did not dress on game day. But with the contract that Bradley Chubb has and the investment that's been made, while that is an argument for him to be a cornerstone, I'm just saying I'd like to see him live up to the standard in which 
his level of play in the past has has set to declare him a cornerstone. But even without Bradley Chubb, you have seven. You have the requisite seven. Hill, Waddle, Armstead, Wilkins, Phillips, Ramsey, and Holland. Bradley Chubb, I think, is the most close fringe. Can Tua Tonga-Valoa take another step and firmly put himself into that bucket? Trying to think who else. Can Rob Hunt or Connor Williams double down on strong play last season? I think there's varying degrees of likelihood in which that happens. Can Xavier Howard bounce back after a down year last year playing through injury? If, if you have guys take a step forward and not have any severe regression, I don't think it's unreal, un, outside of the realm of possibility, I should say, that the Dolphins find themselves with eight, nine cornerstone players. And if that's the case, you got a chance to make a run. And I do think the Dolphins have a chance to make a run. Now, they have ample questions about durability with the players that they have. Many of them, which are quality starters, are these cornerstone players that we're talking about. So the key for Miami is this. Get through the gauntlet of the season and get guys healthy at the right time. So if you got to play without two cornerstone players for a month, okay. It's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Your other cornerstone players have to step up their level of play so that you do not sacrifice too much ground in the standings without your key players on the field. Your other key players have to step up. And that has been, in my mind, the most important thing that this Dolphins roster construction has been about has been continuing to add cornerstone caliber pieces. I think you've got a clear seven. I think you've got a reasonable pathway to nine. That doesn't guarantee you you're going to play in the Super Bowl, but it gives you a chance. And statistically speaking, that's your threshold. you got to clear that. And I think the Dolphins are well-positioned to do that, to have that caliber of player. What does Cater Kohu look like this year? I'd be surprised if he ends up as a cornerstone player, but the dude was a dog last year. I don't think any one of your tight ends are going to get there. And player development's nonlinear, right? Some players are going to explode. Other players are going to steadily chip away. Some players might be a roller coaster. Miami needs several key pieces to just keep chipping away. And you need your current cornerstones to not regress. And if that happens, I legitimately think from a math perspective, the Dolphins have done what they need to do to position themselves with the construction of the roster and the talent that they've had at their disposal. They've done what they've needed to do. And, oh, by the way, could you sign Dalvin Cook? And could Dalvin Cook, after shoulder surgery, be a rejuvenated player? Because I'd argue he was a quality starter last year. He wasn't the best he's ever been, but he still clearly got something in the tank. That's the intrigue for Miami. Is you've given yourself a margin for error to still have impactful players and have the requisite amount of impactful players, even if some of your key players end up missing some key time. You applaud the effort.
everybody's got to go out and execute and everybody's got to stay healthy and you got to go out and do it. But you got a chance. I think you got a legitimate chance. And I hope you have a legitimate chance of coming back and seeing me again on yet another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I want to give a special shout out to the everydayers who are locked in with me here on Locked On Dolphins. Love talking Dolphins football with all of you guys. Love doing exercises like this, kind of thought-provoking, putting things in perspective, very process-oriented guy. Uh, so shout out to the everydayers who stay along for the ride. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. I'm Kyle Krabs. I am out of here. Enjoy the rest of your Thursday. I'll talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace.